0: Welcome back. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and Lawrence and I have been busily talking about motorbike racing during the... He's <laughs> been educating me during the uh, during the news, but uh, Tracy Weir is finished, and so we are back. Yes, we are. You want to know about motorbike racing? Just call our number. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, go cool. ask me <laughs> the, a question. The resident if, expert right if here. If you really, really like. But more importantly, call that number if you know
1: the answer to the quiz, which... Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lawson is about to give us right now.
1: Okay, so our next clue for the quiz, and this is this is how Lyle confused me before. Check this out. Our next clue for the quiz is: I am also known as John.
0: <laughs> yes. See, I wrote John down. And yeah. He was like, "Yeah, Lyle's got it wrong." And then I finished his name.
1: Yeah. I was <laughs> like, oh. but anyway. You can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and claim the prize. John
0: was one of his names. What was his other name? one eight hundred three two four eight four three 324 843 is the number. Okay, so before we get into our uh, encounter with God today, let's just give you a quick reminder that um, where do you all need to be
1: this Saturday at 10 a.m.? Well, according to Lyle, you need to be at the Let Us Adore Him Christmas Special and Celebration, produced by the one and only Doctor Soyum Easton. Man, that's it's going to be so good. It's it so- always is. Soyum is a boss, man. She is, she is a violin ninja. She just, in fact, she's a violin doctor. And that's incredible. Well, that's actually true. Yeah, she her, is that's actually a, fact. She's a violin doctor. She is
0: not factually a violin ninja, but in Lawson's opinion, yes. But factually, she is uh, she does have her PhD in mm. violin. So, yeah, just uh, sensational. Of course, you'll have Stones of Eden there. You'll have Layton Brown there. You'll have uh, Braden Enderman, mm. his group there. You'll have the uh, Maitland Ladies Group, the Maitland Men's Group. And I think this year we're going to be missing the uh, Lawson Walters on his guitar. Is that true? Or or, or, or um, ukulele?
1: Oh yeah. Look, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be. So i sorry. Excuse this time. I, I have some. I have places to be, Lyle. I'm sorry. No, is, I would is be a, there. Is a man in demand. If, I wouldn't be there. Uh, sorry, I would be there if I wasn't working for another church. Yeah. So, yes. but. Trust me, I'd definitely be there.
0: Okay, so if you can't make it
1: to let us adore him, then head over to uh, Lawson's Church where yeah. he's currently working at Raymond Terrace. Yeah. Come on out to Raymond Terrace. We're going to be having a barbecue, eating some eat some snags, well, veggie snags, Ve- good veggie snags, veggie, veggie like snags, some uh-huh. sevy sausages and some um, some 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 patties, yep. eating some burgers. So it's That's gonna it's gonna be awesome. You should come out some good plant based uh, <laughs> Christmas food. Okay, and of course, don't forget that uh, the three of
0: us are all heading over to Africa mm-hmm. uh, early next year. And uh, mine in particular is raising money for kenyahealth.org, uh, attempting to raise $6,000. Nearly there so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have uh, um, several hundred dollars left to go. I meant maybe a thousand dollars left to go, thereabouts. So uh, go to kenyahealth.org to. Donate to that particular cause, and of course, we're going to be taking Faith FM Radio with us. Mm-hmm. All right, today's encounter with God. Let's go to hmm, First Timothy, First Timothy,
1: chapter three. First Timothy chapter. Is it First three. Timothy? Have I got the right? Have I written the right one down here? Are you okay, Lyle? I'm
0: thinking it might be Second <laughs>
1: Timothy. I have
0: this feeling in my gut that's ter- well, they're, well, they're turn both your good. Bible. I have a solution. Turn your Bibles to Timothy.
1: Okay, we're in, the, we're in the Timothys We're already. in the Timothys. Yeah.
0: And let's go to 2 Timothy Second
1: chapter Timothy 3. Timothy chapter 3. And let's read the first verse. The first verse. Yes. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, and verse 1, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Okay, let's stop there. Now
0: let's not read any further than that. What is, coming, <laughs> what, what is the time frame that this passage is talking about? It's talking about the last days. And what does it say that the world will be like in the last days? It will be perilous. Perilous. That's that's old English. Yeah. Do you? Uh, did you? When you had your four drive and you went down a really gnarly track, did you like? Yeah, I went down a perilous track. No, or did
1: you go down a gnarly? track? I said a gnarly track. Yeah, that's but I awesome. ended up in some peril. So you know, <laughs> I was I was definitely in a peril. I, when, I, I bet you when never. I got I stuck. Bet you
0: never. I bet you never went home that day and said, "Oh, you should have seen this totally perilous track <laughs> I went down."
1: <laughs> I wish I had. I'm going to adopt that. Into <laughs> we, need to my, bring this, we need to bring this word back. Bring it back. Oh, this is a cent. very cool word. I think it's better than gnarly. Yeah. Because Lawson
0: would, you know, I might not say gnarly, but Lawson <laughs> would say it was a gnarly track. Yeah. That's dude. But I
1: think we should totally go with peril. Yeah. It was, it was perilous. It's even got more syllables. It rolls off the tongue. It's perfect. It has atmosphere. Yeah. We are sidetracked. Yeah. Read for us verse uh, two. Verse two. Three and four. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God.
0: Okay, so what does the Bible describe the last days as being like from a moral, religious perspective?
1: Pretty selfish, yeah. It's a pretty selfish time where people just sort of do what they want. Because the next verse says having a form of godliness.
0: So these Ooh. these are Christian people. Wow. This is this is a description of Christian people mm-hmm. right here. And what Christianity will look like at the end of time. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit scary when yeah. you stop and think about it. It uh that's that's definitely worrying. Uh, Right there Okay let's look at a couple of other passages That uh, might be somewhat similar to this Let's go to Matthew chapter 24 Very famous sermon by Jesus The Mm -hmm. second longest sermon recorded by Jesus Recorded anywhere in scripture All about the end of time The second coming Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite passages Because it talks about
1: our day Let's look at a couple of verses here Why don't you read for us verse 4 Okay uh, Matthew 24 and verse 4 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Oh, watch out. Take heed means watch out. Yeah, what, watch out.
0: Watch out that no one deceives you. Uh, go down to verse... Uh,
1: let me see. Let's go to verse 11 and 12. Alrighty, 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Okay, so we've got uh, some warnings here. What are we being warned about at the end of time? Well, there's going to be a lot of deception. A lot of deception. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, by false prophets, so people in a religious religious context mm-hmm. claiming to be, you know, sharing a truth from God, um, who will deceive, yeah, many in a in a religious context. It also says um, lawlessness will abound. Well, lawlessness is described in the Bible as as, you know, transgression of the law or, or, or as sin. So sin will abound amongst the people in the religious context who will be trying to to deceive and to teach deception. Absolutely. Okay, Has is deception exclusively an end time issue? Or has deception existed down through history? No, a, a deception is something that has existed all the way through. All the way through. Okay, so let's go over to Revelation now. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2. And
0: I'm wondering whether, let's start reading Revelation chapter 2. We can start
1: in verse 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, let's read verse 13. Uh, The Bible says in Revelation 2 verse 13, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr. Who was killed among you where Satan dwells?
0: Okay, so what we're dealing with here is a passage that describes, it is the, or, or it, it, it details the letter to the church in Pergamos. So this is a letter from mm-hmm. Jesus Christ to the church in Pergamos. Um, and, you know, dealing with specific events that took place in that city and also um, prophetically giving mm-hmm. us a time period of history. Mm-hmm. And so looking at it as a time period of history, you've got a time period of history here from 313 to 538. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually going a long way back, very, very early on in the history of Christianity, uh, compared to where we are today. However, um, Jesus says some really good things about them. You know, you're living in a city where Satan's Satan's seat is; his throne is right there, mm. and you have not denied my faith. You know, even where Antipas was uh, martyred amongst you, etc. Uh, but verse
1: fourteen begins with the word "but." But what? But I have a few things against you. Well, it's not good words to hear, um, mm-hmm. because you have, uh, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to be uh, to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immor- immorality.
0: Okay, so what we will find here is that the end time is not the only time that is going to face challenges with false doctrine, but false doctrine has existed in the church and challenged it right the way through all time.
1: You're listening to Faith
2: FM, positively different radio.
0: And with false doctrine affecting God's church through all time. In fact, there's, a, there's another verse here that we can read that goes a little bit further. There's another false doctrine that comes up in verse 15, please,
1: uh, Lawson. mm mm-hmm. Hold on, sorry. I was doing. I was doing some rapid. Yeah, turning. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was heading for another. And it's like, <laughs> yep, no, not going there yet. All no, right, two. Be 15, jumping the gun. Fifteen. Okay. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicoli- Nic Nicolaitans Nic- Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans. That's wow. how, that's my theory on how it's pronounced. <laughs> Which thing I hate. Okay.
0: Hmm. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I wonder whether that's Santa Claus. Oh. St. Saint, Saint Nicholas. Oh. St. <laughs> Nicholas. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans, St. Nicholas. There you mm-hmm. go. Even hey, I found it. Dude. No, actually, um, <laughs> this particular Nicholas lived a long time before the St. Nicholas of mm-hmm. uh, Santa Claus fame. Um, he was, I think, from memory, third or fourth century. Whereas this is a first-century Nicholas, he was the first person to teach that you did not need to keep the law of God. The law of God had been done wow. away with, wow. and uh, so this is a false doctrine that crept into the to Christianity very, very early on in the piece mm. and started to make inroads right there. And so, you know, throughout the Bible, we have these warnings. Mm. We have end-time warnings. We have warnings, you know, during early church history. We have warnings for medieval periods. We have all of these warnings that are defining for us and directing us um, to be aware of uh, false doctrine coming into the church. Now, I often come across this, um, well, not often, but every now and then I come across this concept that, you know, doctrine is divisive. Yeah, wow. That we should do away with doctrine. Mm -hmm. All right, my question is this, you know, if doctrine divides, let's get rid of doctrine. Mm-hmm. and let's just have Jesus Christ. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's think about that. Um what is
1: uh doctrine? A a doctrine is a, a belief or mm. a, you know a particular position like on a on a particular subject that we that we hold. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say it's a yeah, it's a standard in in which okay, when it comes to this particular subject, this is the this is what we believe about said thing. mm mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a good observation. Doctrine actually comes from the uh, – it's an old English word that we don't use today very much, although mm-hmm. we do use it sometimes in relationship to war. You know, you'll have a uh, a strategic doctrine that generals mm-hmm. will follow and so forth. Um, but basically what the word means is teaching. Okay, yeah. So it's a teaching. If you do away with all doctrine, do you still have Jesus Christ left? Yeah, wow. well –
1: how are you going to teach about Jesus Christ? The moment you teach about Jesus Christ, that is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to think about like w- what was one of the things that Jesus was primar- primarily doing when he was on this wor- earth. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he was, you know, feeding the s- feeding the the poor and and healing the sick, but he was teaching. He was. Jesus teaching. spent his
0: entire life teaching, teaching and healing. Mm-hmm. Those were the two things that Jesus did. And you cannot teach without doctrine. Okay, so you can't teach about Jesus without doctrine. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the character of Jesus? Yeah. It's love. Love is a doctrine. It is a teaching. Mm -hmm. You can't teach about Jesus. You can't teach about his character. You can't teach about anything about Jesus. If you do away with doctrine, you have done away with Jesus Christ. It's that Mm -hmm. simple. Nobody ever actually, you know, people think, "Oh, I I I'm, I'm, I'm you know, believe in not having doctrines." You know, this is a, uh, a a church without doctrines. You know, I go to a non-denominational church without doctrines. You know, this is the biggest oxymoron ever because yeah. a non-denominational church is full of doctrines. Mm-hmm. Doctrine is simply teaching. Mm-hmm. It may have less doctrines, than some mm-hmm. other church. Yeah, some churches have less doctrines, some churches have more doctrines, but there's no such thing as a Christian who does not have doctrines. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Um, in the same way that there is no such thing as a non-denominational church. Yeah, well, non-denominational. Do you know what? Do you know what the word denomination means?
1: Uh, a set apart group of people.
0: It means denominated, named. Mm -hmm. So you have named yourself a no-name church. (laughs) (laughs) You have a name. Your name is no name. Mm -hmm. That's like, what are these people going on about? Why are they trying to deceive themselves? They are a denominational church even if they are their own denomination and they Mm. have doctrines. Yeah. Every church does. There is no such thing as a non-denominational church without doctrines. Okay, um, that was a little bit of a sidetrack right there. But what we're looking at here is that right down through history, God warns us about the danger of false doctrine mm-hmm. creeping into the church. But God does not just warn us about false doctrine. God has a solution to that false doctrine. So let's mm-hmm. now turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And let's find out how does God's church find unity and what was Paul's counsel to Timothy?
1: So, Second Timothy chapter two. Um, can you read for us there, please, Lawson, verse fifteen? Okay, the Bible says in Second Timothy uh, chapter two and verse fifteen, "Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, is to not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth."
0: Hmm. That was second, second Timothy? Second oh, I'm in, Timothy. Three. I'm in chapter 3. No wonder I was like reading the wrong thing. Oh, man, come on. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 is um, rather relevant as it's well. It's a banger as well. Absolutely. We're, 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 hey, seeing as I accidentally read to the wrong verse, we're going to look at it in just a moment. Let's go back through uh, what we're reading here in verse 15 because I'm, re- I'm listening to you read I'm thinking, yeah, that's exactly the verse I'm looking for, but my Bible doesn't say that. What is going on here? <laughs> Particularly because I just picked up a new Bible. Mm-hmm. Usually it's uh, Mon with the NLT and me with the KJV. But seeing as um, Lawson's got a KJV this morning, I figured I'd pick up the NLT and see what it had to say. But here it says, "Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the Word of Truth." Now, if you are explaining the Word of Truth, what activity are you involving yourself in? Uh, you know, the teaching of, teaching? of doctrine. Yeah. Yes, teaching and teaching is doctrine yeah um teaching is just another word for doctrine and so the bible tells uh us and god is telling timothy to work hard receive his approval by teaching doctrine mm.
1: there's actually a theme that runs right through both the books of timothy you look in um first timothy chapter one where it's talking that's actually the verse i was trying to look at before because i was like oh man it's it's really interesting how it's like um you know, it's talking about false teachers, mm-hmm. and it says like, um, now the purpose of the commandment is love for a pure heart, for for a good conscience, and for a, from sincere faith. From so- which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of what the law, uh, to teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, and he goes into. Yeah, to, to to define, you know, what the law should be used for and how it should be taught, which is, I think it's very appropriate to the situation of Timothy being that like he's a young guy pastoring a couple of churches in, in Ephesus and God is, uh, well, not God, sorry, Paul, um, you know, with spiritual counsel from God is sending this guy a message like, hey, Stay, you know, hold fast to the teachings, to the doctrine, hold, you know, be constantly teaching. This is something that I've learned as a Bible worker that, man, the thing that keeps you on your toes, like, the, well, not keeps you on your toes, but keeps you sharp and like, you know, that you can have an answer ready to go all the time is that you just continue to teach continue to teach continue
0: to t- people often ask me how do you lo- learn so much about the bible you know i read the bible and i can can't just i can't uh, i can't retain it like you do mm-hmm. the difference between us m- m- me and a- and them is that i teach the bible mm-hmm. nothing will ever stick in your mind about the bible until you have taught that thing to somebody else 100% so teach the bible as much as you can be a student of the Bible. Study the Bible. Absorb the words of the Bible. Make the words of the Bible a part of your life. Teach it to other people, and you will remember what the Bible says. It's mm-hmm. just you know, and it's 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 central to Paul's um, whole argument right through Timothy. Is Timothy focus on the Bible? Be a student of the Bible. Be a be a person of the book, mm-hmm. the Word of God. Okay, so we were um, look go. Um, Notice with me verse 16 of chapter uh, 2. Mm 2 Timothy 2 verse 16. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Bible says, yes, we should take things seriously and we should become students of the Word of God. We're going to be back to talk more about this right after Anders Svensson takes us through this amazing piece of music which is called Walk With You.
2: will walk with you. Yes, He will walk with you. He's not so far.
0: With walk
1: with you here on Faith FM. Oh, we still got another clue for us. Yes, quiz. yes, we do. We do indeed. Okay, so <laughs> this next clue. You gotta have your fingers over them buttons, man, because this is this is gonna give it away. Remember, it's one 843 You can call us up and claim a prize. Yeah, I'm kind of
0: kind of thinking about this guy, and I'm thinking, okay, how many obscure things can you actually say about this person? They are like one of the least obscure people in the Bible. Yeah. And so far, I've been
1: impressed that people have come up with some fairly obscure um, clues. But anyway, okay, here we go. Here we go. I was credited with writing the second book of the New Testament. (laughs) All right. So, open your Bible, go to the second book of the New Testament, and bam, you've got the answer. And you can call us up and you can claim a prize.
0: All right. So, moving on from there, we need to come back to our encounter with God. And we are in uh, 2 Timothy. We were looking at chapter 2, verse 15 and Mm -hmm. 16. Let's go down to... Uh chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 how about that mm-hmm. Yeah cuz I almost what? accidentally read <laughs> those before and I'm thinking yeah these are on point this is what we're talking about right here uh but yeah
1: Awesome. Okay, let's read. It continues
0: this theme. What we're noticing here is this theme that runs
1: all the way through Timothy, yeah. doesn't it? Of of teaching, yeah. Of holding fast to doctrine and then and then teaching it. And we're going to be reading here in, in uh, chapter three and verse fifteen. The Bible says, "And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through f- faith, which is in G." Which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness.
0: Okay, so for the, all those of you who don't like doctrine, for all those of you who preach that doctrine divides, and that we should not mm. have doctrine, and we should have doctrineless churches and non-denominational churches. Here, the Bible clearly says that the Word of God is inspired by God and useful to teach doctrine. To teach teachings, basically. Yeah, to teach the teachings of Scripture. <laughs> teach the truths of Scripture. You know, this is what the uh, Bible is all about. And so, yes, you can't have a doctrineless church. You can't have a doctrineless faith. You may mm. have a faith or a church that has less doctrines than some others, but it is impossible to have a doctrineless
1: or non denominational faith. Mm-hmm. Simply. Does not exist. It's something that I'm seeing a, a little bit of a cultural trend, especially in in in, in the in, in Australia, is that there are a lot of churches that are sort of coming a little bit too close to the fire with this whole like, oh yeah, we're non-denominational. We, you know, we don't have doctrines. We preach the Bible, we just teach, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, like, we don't teach the Bible, but we teach the Bible. But they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all about God and Jesus and his love and what that what that means to us, you know. Um, is that – it gives people the idea, and I've, I've seen this firsthand, that um, the Bible isn't about the narrative of the Bible, but rather the themes of the Bible. Does that make sense? So, people – People, um, I've had conversations with people where they're like, yeah, I know what the Bible's about, you know, love your neighbor, um, you know, uh, be- do good to people. Yeah, 100%. Like mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. themes of the Bible, their mm-hmm. things that the Bible says, hey, this is this is a good thing to do. But but the the narrative of scripture is is much more than the themes of so much more of ah oh, so do, do good to others. Now we have
0: all of these trendy catchphrases, and I'm going to get myself in trouble with this one. <laughs> Here it comes. It's called the one movement. Oof! Now the one movement has some truth to it. Everything focuses on one thing. Mm-hmm. However, what you have there is two words. One word is everything, and one word is one. Everything focuses on one thing. Mm-hmm. The impression is given that you're just focusing on the one and doing away with the everything. Mm-hmm. And the everything is everything the Bible teaches, you know, and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. The Bible has a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know there is so much in Scripture you'll never be able to get to the bottom of it, and um, yes, I accept that everything points to Jesus Christ. Absolutely, I don't just accept that; I affirm that, I believe that. Mm-hmm. That is central to my faith. Um, it all points to Jesus Christ. But if we just, uh, if we narrow our focus to, um, to just uh, how do you how do you even put it to a, an airy fairy. Like, oh, I'm just a follower of Jesus, and don't look at what Jesus actually taught and mm-hmm. what the Bible actually teaches and the
1: doctrines and the teachings of the Bible. Our religion becomes very, very narrow indeed. Mm-hmm. And not, not only like to to the world, but to to Christianity in and it of itself. You know, you read the books of Daniel and Revelation, and you see, like, man, there is just so much stuff that God wants to teach us, especially about yeah. current events um, and about the things that are that are going on in our world. And it's like, dude, if we just like chuck them away, like, oh, that's just stuff that, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. Like, man, you yeah. are going to be so misinformed. Oh.
0: Well, here's the thing. You know, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, take okay, take Revelation 14, your three angels' messages. Mm-hmm. Okay. They all point to Christ, right? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. They all point to Christ, but there are three of them. Mm-hmm. That's not singular. That's plural. Mm-hmm. And we need to never
1: lose sight of that while we maintain our focus on Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I guess that that really, sh- it strengthens the argument against Christianity. When we take this approach of, oh, it's just, just following Jesus, it strengthens the argument against Christianity that, oh, Christians are narrow-minded, you know, they they don't look to anything else. They they just they just follow Jesus Ill- illogically so and irrationally, and it's like, man, because I've the
0: answers to every rational philosophical problem that there is out there. And I
1: know, like, I've had that experience of of being an unbeliever and looking at the Bible through this guise of, oh, it's just an old book that a bunch of people say is really cool, and it has some you know cool stories in it. I've gone from that kind of person to no, I actually investigated in the Bible and found that man, there is really an answer to everything in here. Absolutely. And it's like I've been so blessed by my study of the Bible to the point where, you know, I I'm a I'm a minister in the church and I love my Christian life with God and I you know, I've I've forsaken the the old life of of atheism and, and non belief for Christianity. Because of what's in the Bible mm-hmm. and because of the teachings of the Bible, not just a one-off oh, focus on Jesus, but all-inclusively, every single doctrine, you know, teaching that we believe, every philosophical standpoint um, on modern-day issues that we have, like, that information has come from the Bible and it's completely changed my life. And it's, in fact, it's opened my life and it's opened my mind to be able to to deal with the problems that I have and to, you know, see a way through some problems you know the Absolutely. problems of the world. So, why don't you read for awesome. us chapter uh, chapter four, verse one through four? All right, let's, let's just see how this, this
0: theme. This theme just goes from. This just won't
1: stop. Paul, yeah, Paul is on this is on this subject and he won't let it go. All right, Second Timothy chapter four and verse one. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for them self if they'll heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to, faithful, uh, to fables
0: Okay, so that's quite a strong warning, right there, where the Bible talks mm-hmm. about being turned away from sound doctrine, and yeah. heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears, mm-hmm. finding teachers who will believe, who will teach them anything that they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And so, Paul's counsel here is teach the Bible, just teach the Bible, regardless of what the Bible says, uh, regardless of it's, whether it's politically correct or not. Mm-hmm. Just teach the Bible, and right now we live in our world where it is incredibly. Politically incorrect to teach the Bible mm-hmm. But that's what God calls us to do And we could, you know, gather people around Like, wow, well, you know, the Bible doesn't really say that Well, actually, you know what? It, the Bible actually it does. does say that And and <laughs> you, you you can't get around it Ooh, anyway, Shots fired Absolutely <laughs> This is Melissa Otto with the song Complete Me
3: He doesn't feel me like he's supposed to feel me Something is missing, my heart is still aching. He doesn't feel me like he's supposed to feel me. Something is missing, my heart is still aching. She said, I had enough. What is this all about? She said, I. Let's go. She doesn't feel me like she's supposed to feel me Something is missing, my heart is still aching He said I've had enough What is this all about? He said I'm
2: said than done but there's a program called forgive to live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgive to live.org.au you're listening to faith fm positively different radio
4: Us from stumbling, he is able, when distances come between everything that we hold dear, he is able, to draw us into deeper life, he is able, to cut away like a knife, everything that keeps us from Everything that keeps us from Him
0: Was Josh White with? He is able, and we have come to question of the day time. And Lawson came up with an interesting question of the day while we were chatting. But uh, yeah, we'll get back to that um, <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Send in your question of the day one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you have a question that you would like us to answer. As you know, we will tackle pretty much about. Anything here Mm -hmm. on Faith FM, so just send it through no matter how obscure or strange it might be. The only stupid question is the question you don't ask. Mm.
1: Okay, Lyle, for today's question of the day. What is a cherubim?
0: Nothing that you think that it is. Okay. Well what do I think? Let me start right there. Because, if you go to a cathedral somewhere or you know one of these uh, more traditional churches, you will often see either pictures or carvings of cherubim mm-hmm. oh, which yeah. are typically naked babies with
1: wings yeah yeah
0: cherubim are not native babies, naked babies with wings mm-hmm uh cherubim and you know others will say oh cherubim is like this uh, looks like a human being an adult human being with wings wearing a robe no that is not what a cherubim looks like either the bible is very clear and specific about what a cherubim looks like and even though it is clear and specific to be honest i really still don't know what one looks like mhm The Bible gives a description, but it's one of those descriptions where you think, wow, I I can't even picture that. That's very ambiguous. Okay, so here comes the description. The Bible says, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. This is Revelation 4, verse 6. And in the middle of the throne and round about the throne were four living creatures full of eyes before and behind. See, I can't even. I'm lost already. The first was like a lion, the second was like a calf, the third was like a face, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. And each of them had six wings, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And those are the cherubim. That is what a cherubim looks like. Oh, man, that's... That's hectic. Now, you might ask me, well, <laughs> how do you know that that's what a cherubim looks like? The answer is very simple. It's found in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. the key here. And uh, for homework, read the whole of Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. Um, the key here is geography. Now, it came to pass in the 13th year of the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month. I was among the captives by the river of Chiba. Where was he?
1: By the with the captives by the river of Chiba.
0: Yes, He continues on and I'm moving quickly here. Verse five, out of the midst came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance. Verse 10, they had the likeness of their faces. They had four. They had the face of a man, the face of a lion. On the right side, they had the face of an ox on the left side. They also had the face of an eagle. Here you find the same four living creatures. And once again, I'm I'm moving rapidly down through here. You can read hmm. Ezekiel. Ezekiel spends you know a couple of chapters describing something that John describes in three verses. Mm-hmm. And so he goes into great detail. John's just like, dunk, dunk, dunk. basic idea. I can't describe this, so I'm not going to try. Ezekiel's like, hey, I'm going to have a crack at describing mm-hmm. this in human mm-hmm. language. He doesn't have the language with which he can do so. However, where was he geographically? He was by Cheba. The river of Chiba. And if we go to Ezekiel chapter 10... We find this statement right here. Let me just flick over here. Russell, 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 the Russell pages. Russell. Verse 20, the Bible says, This is the living creature that I saw under the God of Israel by the river of chibar and I knew that they were cherubim. So there you have your answer. Well, there you go. If you want to know what, what the cherubim are, the cherubim are angelic beings. Mm-hmm. They are something that it is impossible for us to describe. Mm hmm. Uh, we can find there that, you know, John, both John and Ezekiel really struggled to describe what they're looking at. It's a little bit like if you, you know, launched them out of their day, brought them down to our day, you know, drove them around Newcastle for a while, flew them up to the Gold Coast for the afternoon, um, you know, showed them some of the technology that we're using here, the information technology, the transport technology and so forth, sent them back to their day yeah. and said, write down what you saw. Yeah. Do those words actually exist in their language so that they could actually describe Mm. what they saw. No way They don't have those words And this is
1: this is, this is is You know John and Ezekiel Looking into the throne room Of heaven And trying to describe mm. What they see Man I can imagine Someone like Coming from that time And seeing an iPad And going back And being asked to describe it And saying I, I saw a scroll One that moved
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's just>, yeah, <laughs> That's that Wild well. but The cherubim That's what the cherubim are If you were wondering This is question of the day Right now We're going to move on And this is Carly Fletcher She's going to be bringing to us Siki first The Kingdom of God.
2: It's another brand new day. First God's King
0: listening to Carly Fletcher with Seek First the Kingdom of God here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show, and as we always do at the end of the show, we have a free gift to give away. We have been talking about doctrinal deception mm-hmm.
1: in today's Encounter with God. What is the book that we are giving away? Okay, so in in, in, in light of the, the theme of today, which has been Doctr- doctrinal deception i decided the appropriate book would be a book called the antichrist agenda with the subheading 10 commandments twice removed um so yeah this and is, this
0: one is by uh, danny shelton and yeah. Shelley
1: quinn mm-hmm. so this is like this is pretty legit book i've heard lots of people recommend this book um i myself had never read not well not yet not read yet read this book um but I think it's just like awesome that people are putting literature out. This like just, just clearly explaining and showing like, hey, there are some crazy deceptions going on in our time, um, and you know, bringing to light what they are and you know, practically applying biblical principles to our time to see like, okay, what are the, some of the deceptions we need to watch out for, um, and yeah, just going through, um. You know, in the in the in the blurb here, it says this is a compelling book. Uh, this compelling book will move you beyond prophetic theory and popular fiction, back to the Bible, where all answers are provided. So this will give you, you know, point you back to the Bible, which you know, you know the Bible, you know the truth, and uh, man, yeah, so. Absolutely, great book right there and don't forget if you would like to know
0: more about the Bible you can call right now 1-800-324-843 and this book is yours or text us on 0491-064-669 or contact us about any of the myriad of other Bible study series that we have available including my very own course which is called The Prophetic Code but right now we have some more great programming coming up so stay tuned, don't go anywhere you don't want to miss out the rest of the show